What's up, fans? This is week 23 of Voice of the Fans. This is a Super Bowl recap edition. Cleveland, tell the people what you thought about the Super Bowl. Man, Big Cam, the game did not unfold the way I anticipated, and I'm eager to uh, share my opinions as to why. Later on, we're going to have Dave, the sports guy, Smith, join us later. We're also going to have Eric Williams, ESPN beat writer. We'll probably talk a little bit of Hall of Fame with him. You ready to go? Oh, man, can't wait. Well, let's do it. Man, what a Super Bowl it was, wasn't it, big guy? Oh, it was, uh, yeah, like watching paint dry. Uh, unfortunately, somebody had to win, so, you know, we we got through it. It wasn't that bad, man. Come on, get out of here, man. We saw two competitive teams, two championship teams getting after it on the defensive side of the ball. The Rams defense decided to step up from being much more on all season long. The Rams defense decided to show us with their and play like we expected them to play. The Patriots defense played above their heads, quite honestly. And you have to credit that to the defensive mind over there, the best defensive mind in the game, the game has ever seen, I should say, over there on the New England Patriots sideline for this to be a slobber knocker. Kind of an old school slobber knocker is what it happened to be. And I enjoyed it. I had not at one point was bored in awe. I was surprised that no points were on the board going, you know, two field goals on the board going into the fourth quarter. I was definitely surprised about that, but I wasn't disappointed in no means because I thought it was true football. Um, how about you? It was, that wasn't even a, a thought in our in the Super Bowl party I was. We were just amazed that no points were on the board, but nobody was screaming. Nobody was fell asleep or went home. How about you? Um, you know, just the anticipation and the drama from the fact that it was such a, you know, a close game, however, just no one able to move the ball. So it just looked like a, you know, a glorified, you know, 15 hour chess match is what it looked like, um, with just Belichick able to come up with the, you know, the adjustments, you know, when it, when it counted. Um, I, I was very disappointed that the Rams and their high, I would offer weren't able to do more. Um, they certainly have enough talent to score more than three points in the Super Bowl. Um, I didn't like the fact that it just came down to a few big plays that just weren't just weren't connected on. Um, I, I thought that the Rams deserved better than that. I thought that their fans deserved better than that. I thought their teams deserved better than that. Wow. Well, do you blame more McVay or Golf? I would have to say that I don't really like the way McVay has given a lot of credit to Belichick and, and, you know, publicly said that he just got out coached. Um, you never want to hear that from your, from your head coach, you know, especially in a game of that magnitude. Um, I thought Goff made, you know, a, a decent amount of plays. Um, I know that he was pressured, you know, quite often and that that's not his strong suit. However, I think that there were enough plays left out there that weren't converted for them to, to, to win the game, especially with the Patriots scoring 13 points, the defense, the, the Rams defense played stellar. So I would probably have to give a little bit more of the blame to Goff just because players make plays. I mean, kind of try to put them in a situation to be the most successful, but ultimately it's up to the player to make the plays. Yeah, the players make the plays, and we talked, we had this conversation just last week, I believe. Players make the plays. The coach who does have to put you in the position to make plays. 
And I'm not sure. I know there wasn't much innovation. There once wasn't much variety in the play calling. But I only the coach knows if he was out coach or not, and I don't have a problem with him admitting that. And because that's especially because that's what everybody saw. Three points on the board was uh, was atrocious. So uh, I'm willing to give McVay another shot, or I, I'm I'm a McVay guy, so I'll stick on his I'll stick on his bandwagon. I think he'll have these guys primed and ready to go next season. And then I wasn't one to expect expected the Rams to be in the Super Bowl this season, anyhow. Albeit, albeit, then for a, a questionable call in the NFC Championship that they made. How do you see the Rams rebounding from this loss? Now they had a lot of changes. They brought in some mercenary type players. Do you? I expect the Rams to be back in the mix, NFC West champions next season. Do you? You know, honestly, I don't, Cam. I I think that it was a an all in type of season. Uh, they have a lot of players on one-year contracts, especially on the defensive side of the ball, but they're paying an exorbitant amount of money uh, to re- you know, retain their services. There's okay. absolutely no way they can put this same team back on the field next year. So whatever it is, it's going to be less than what we saw this season. And right now I am not convinced that the league is not caught up with Jared Goff and this, uh, you know, new age Sean McVay offense. I think over the last, uh, you know, three to four weeks of the season, we didn't see the same Rams that we saw in the beginning. Um, you know, granted, they did have a, you know, a great game against the, the Saints, although, as we've all said, the Saints probably should have been representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. They weren't. It's unfortunate about the call. But at the same time, going forward, I think they're two years out. I think it's going to take too much for them to regroup and get back to where they were uh, at the end of this season, just from a personnel standpoint. They, they they don't have the cap space, and they have to make some tough decisions, and I'm not quite sure they know exactly which direction to go. Where are you based at, Mr. Young Sam Rothstein? Where am I based this from? Yeah, where are you based at, sir? Oh, I'm based in the 206, man. Uh, uh, you know, Seattle all day, every day. So, I, is it safe to say there's some bias there you have in your voice there to say that the team is two years out? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, uh, you know, with, you know, just just set the record straight, the, the Seattle Seahawks played them extremely tough two times. I mean, uh, you know, a field goal and, uh, you know, a one play away in the other game, so... You know, I, I certainly don't um, look at the Los Angeles Rams as, you know, the, the cream of the crop or necessarily even the best team in the NFC West. But that, that that's not where the, the opinion comes from. The opinion comes from the fact that they have guys like Indominus Sue and Peters and Tlaib, and it was all about this year trying to get there. They got there. They just couldn't convert. So going into next year, I don't really think they have a plan. Uh, you know, got guys like Dante Fowler Jr. You know, where they're not going to be able to have the same team. They're not going to have the same type of playmakers, and um, we haven't really seen them have the ability to kind of um, cultivate talent. Um, you know, he's either inherited it or he's gone out and got his free agents. Talking about McVay here, so you know, going into his third season, I know he's a boy genius, and you know, hopefully he can get back in the lab and come up with something else, but. Um, 
again, I, I, I fear that the league has caught up with him. Enough tape, enough, uh, you know, situations where they see how to, you know, kind of minimize, you know, what is they do well. And I don't, I don't see them being nearly the factor they were this season next year. The team was number two in scoring. How do, what do you mean they caught up with them? <laughs> that's that's going to be one of the most ridiculous things I've heard is the league has caught up with them. The team was number two in scoring for the season. Okay, well, how many points did they score in the Super Bowl? They will every for, for the number for the number two scoring team in the in the NFL. You expect more than three points, right? You expect more than three points, right? Don't give me that. Don't give me that. They don't give me that. They went up against God, and you know they just they really get the greatest coach ever to coach. And I don't want to hear all that, man. That's three points. That's a field goal. That's a Greg Zerline field goal. You're trying to tell me that you don't think the rest of the league is caught up with them? What did Chicago do to them when they went to Chicago? I think, I think there was a drop touchdown in the in the Super Bowl, and I think there was a missed field goal, if I remember correctly. Um, nonetheless, it was. A, we'll we'll talk about this further in the off season. Um, and it's I think it's just hysterical that all of a sudden the league is caught up with them in two weeks when they play. And and I credit you, they play the when the teams got better, the competition get got better. They produced less. I blame the quarterback. We'll see if he gets better. Let's talk about some of these prop bets. That was week. Some of the prospects we will Peters have more TDs caught on than than picks. Uh, I think we both said yes, and the obvious answer was uh, zero, no. Interesting one is Sony Michelle. We have more carries than White has catches. White ended up with one catch versus Sony Michelle's 18 rushes. Um, you said no. I remember. I remember having the discussion. I told you White would end up with around 20, 20 carries, right? You said Michelle would, and I and I said that that wasn't going to be the. Uh... The crux of their offense, I think they would go too much more of the control passing game. We go see you for picking that Sonny Michelle to get more rushes. The longest field goal, Greg Zerline kicked the longest field goal. You you call that longest leg, 53 yards. Who will rush for more yards, Anderson or Gurley? And now this is a little closer than I anticipated, but it was Gurley. We both said Gurley. Or did you say Gurley or Anderson? I, I believe I said Gurley, man. Yeah. Who is throw, who will throw the first interception? We both said uh, Golf would. Lo and behold, Brady threw the first pick. Rams made the first play. They had opportunities to win that game. The Rams did. They had opportunities. They were in that game. Wade Phillips deserves a lot of credit for that for that game. The Rams defense deserves a lot of credit. Man, they had they had them down to ten points. You know, three, they had them down three points and going into the fourth quarter. Come on. It's always an ask. 
that, that, that's all you can ask, which is why it is so disappointing for the second highest scoring offense in the NFL to not be able to produce more. Who will receive? Who will have more receiving yards, White or Gurley? Gurley. I thought it was going to be James White. And we both thought it was White, and they they tied for one yard, one receiving yard apiece. Believe it or not. Okay. Who will have more receptions, Edelman or Cooks? We both had Edelman. Cooks had one more reception than Edelman at 13. Uh, it, that was kind of surprising, actually. I, when I heard he had 10 catches, like, you know, midway through the fourth fourth quarter, I think it was. I was like, well, my fourth, 10 catches. <laughs> I didn't know if, I didn't know had 10 completions. <laughs> I was so I was that. Uh, who was onside? Who would do the first onside kick? There were no onside, no onside kick. Paul George. Will Paul George score more points against the Celtics than the Rams? Of course, yes, he did. He scored about eleven more times than the Rams did. Um, and will Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving, excuse me, versus the OKC Thunder score more points than the Patriots did? I said no. You said no. Eric said yes, and he won with that one because Kyrie did. So, Cleveland, what's your biggest story in the offseason, heading into the offseason? Or, excuse me, do you want to – you got anything else you want to say about the Super Bowl? There's nothing else to say about the Super Bowl. Patriots win their sixth, uh, you know, Tom Brady's a goat, uh, you know. Bill Belichick is a genius. So moving right along, I think the biggest storyline going into the offseason is what is going to happen Brian Flores in Miami. Beg your pardon? Brian Flores in Miami. Yeah, that's that's, that's a non-story going into the uh, offseason. The biggest (laughs) stories are, are revolving around Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Where they land is really going to dictate and change the landscape of the NFL dramatically. Because we're really talking about probably a top three receiver and quite possibly a top three to five running back in the league. So once they relocate, um, that's, that's when it all gets serious. That is a good good answer. It sounds like you, you think they're going to land in the 206 somehow. Oh, I don't. I don't think the two or six needs either one of those guys. Certainly not Antonio Brown. We don't throw the ball enough, and you know Le'Veon Bell, as talented as he is, uh, you know the Seahawks have two running backs that are you know more than serviceable. So we don't, you know, we don't really need the, uh, the headache over here. Okay, would be much better served down there in the three or five if you guys could pull the trigger. If you guys had any heart, you might you might do something like that. You know. Uh, we got a no no nonsense coach who's not going for that now. Um, there will be no sign or sleeping in the back of the meeting room. There will be no more goofing off, no more horseplay in the locker room. We got a coach who's serious. 
we have a Super Bowl winning head coach. In fact, I think we have a three-time Super Bowl winning head coach on our squad now, sir. Yeah, and we and we and we've seen how those Belichick disciples have done in the past. So you let me know when he wins a playoff game, okay? That's the past, sir. This is the future. We're moving forward. We are one of the few teams in the NFL who have hired a black or head coach. Again, with the his, a pattern and the history of winning. So all the nonsense and the rhetoric the public wants to spew. Our front office is making the right decisions now. We're moving forward. We have the right guy in place, and we're going to make things happen. It looks like Tannehill is going to be out of the books or off the property here pretty soon. So that's definitely a great decision that the organization has made. And with our new (laughs) making decisions, we're going to change the – we're changing the mindset. We're going to be a winning team back in South Florida once again, a team that guys like you will not be making jokes about again. Oh man, I, you, you, you're drinking the Belichick Kool-Aid. That's that's fantastic, man. I know it tastes sweet, and I know you know on the surface, wow, you know you're like, what, well, you know, nine Super Bowls for that guy, six and three. I mean, if if we can just get a you know a little bit of that, you know, magic down here in the three hundred five, we should be okay, man. But you should say to yourself, it sounds rather pathetic. I'm so sorry that you're having to go through this like this, um, putting all your faith and hopes and expectations in Florida to be able to turn something around. They'll be needed for the coordinator uh, again in two years, unfortunately. Sorry, you know, sorry to say. You know what? I'm, I'm hanging up on you right now. We're moving on to our next uh, guest host. <laughs> We had a wonderful Super Bowl. Well, wonderful in my eyes. I just like competition. How about you, Mr. Dave Smith? Did you think this was a competitive Super Bowl? Did you think that this was a boring Super Bowl? Was it the worst Super Bowl you ever seen? You talk to me. Tell me about what you it wasn't the worst because it was competitive and close, and the Rams were in this thing all the way uh, just till about the end of the game. So not a lot of offense, and I thought um, uh, Sean McVay not ready for prime time. I thought that was a horribly coached game, uh, way too conservative. I don't know. You know, what got the Rams there was, was being aggressive and attacking the end zone, spreading teams out, and trick plays and going for it on fourth down to being an innovator, and yet uh, uh, he gets conservative here and uh, seemed like he wasn't playing to win. I. I think the stage might have been a little too bright for him, and he was in way over his head getting matched up against Bill Belichick. Well, you took no time to let me know what you thought. I couldn't wait to hear your thoughts on what you thought about uh, Sean McVay and his appearance in the Super Bowl. Well, this is kind of what we expected, though. I mean, Cleveland, I told you I've seen this movie before. Um, this is what Bill Belichick He This is Bill Belichick does. He shuts down in prime offices. He's done this. What do you think? What do you think about that? Well, I think that if you hold the Patriots to 13 points, consider yourself fortunate and give yourself a pretty good opportunity to win the game. I think you would like your chances. Um, unfortunately, I think it just came down to a few many big plays that were missed. Um, with an explosive offense like the Rams have, you should definitely have more opportunities to score. And so I thought that it was rather disappointing from that aspect. Um, didn't really mind the defensive struggle, except for the part where it just came down to a player or two and, you know, when you're in that situation, 
Um, the Patriots obviously always have the upper hand, but if you hold the Patriots to 13 points, you win the game. That was just kind of my thoughts. Well, yeah, I, I, that's everybody's thoughts. I, I agree with you, Mr. Cleveland. Dave Smith, let's talk about Todd Gurley. Is It's either um, kind of bad on Sean McVay for not using Gurley, and I think we talked a few weeks ago about McVay kind of getting pass happy, and we saw I'm leaning toward you want to put a lot on McVay not being ready for prime time, and I'm ready to say golf wasn't ready to prime, for prime time. Now, McVay's play calling and the usage of Gurley the last couple of weeks has been suspect, providing he's healthy, as they say he has been. What's your thoughts about that? Yeah, well, golf, uh, he just wasn't in, wasn't put in good positions by his head coach. I mean, has McVay ever heard of a screen pass? Uh, has he ever heard of throwing deep downfield to stretch him out a little bit? And and as far as uh, Gurley goes, boy, you know, the Rams are lucky they play in L.A., guys, because we got a soft media. we got a soft media here and a soft fan base in it in the country. Boy, I mean, we'd be demanding answers. Uh, was he hurt? And if he's not hurt, why did he only get 11 touches? Where have his touches been toward the end of the year? And, you know, he looked pretty good. The couple of times he got the ball, he had some nice bursts, and he looked okay. Uh, and McVay said after the game, well, you know, we just wanted to go with C.J., and then we were playing the hot hand. He's been good lately, and the, that's not good enough. It's like Malcolm Butler last year not playing and Bilicek not explaining it. What the heck is going on? Let's get an explanation. Is he hurt or not? Um, yeah, I, I want to hear something. Cleveland, what have you heard? What's your thoughts on McVeigh's silence or refusal to answer the question directly? I think it's definitely masking something that's going on there. I just don't think you have a back um, as explosive and as important and as integral to your offense as Gurley man, and then decide one day you're going to split the carries and that C.J. Anderson on certain formations um, and play calling is, is a better option than, you know, someone that, you know, is capable of 2,000 yards and, you know, 100 yards in any given game. So I thought it was very uh, suspect that he didn't get more touches and, and uh, the explanation was uh, not holding water for me. Well, yeah, you guys are – you're absolutely right. Smith, that's our job, man. We got to get down there, and get some answers, get out there to Thousand Oaks, and then find out what the heck is going on. Because um, yeah. I, I like to know, really, if he's hurt. Go ahead; it's okay to say he's hurt. I mean, the guy's played 18 weeks in the NFL football. It's okay to say he's hurt, but if he's not, I'm questioning the play calling by McVay. And again, as we talked about the weeks before, he he tends to get a little uh, says this is what the defense tells us to do. And at what point do you kind of run your play and use your best guys, regardless of what the defense tells you to do? And that that scheme is questionable sometimes. Did they get the MVP correct in in your eyes? After you know Brady wins it, Brady brings him back. The Patriots win another Super Bowl. Yada yada yada. Did they get the MVP correct? You know, I thought um, I thought it was going to go to Brady at the end of the game because. Uh, on that drive when it was three to three, finally, uh, he, he looked great. He looked like the Brady of old. He threw three darts right on the money uh, for a touchdown. But, you know, I'm, I'm Edelman, why, he had, what, 10, 11 catches and over 100 yards. But uh, I just think their defense played so well, holding the Rams to three points. And, yeah, they had a lot of help from McVay's conservative play calling. But maybe somebody on the defense or maybe the Patriots defense as a whole, if you want to change the way it's done, or or maybe the Belichick's defensive game plan. I think somebody on their defense should have been the MVP. Yeah, I can't argue. I I can't argue that. What about you, Cleveland? 
Uh, I don't think that any one particular player stuck out on the Patriots defense. I think it was more seen. Um, I think Van Oy had a pretty good game. Um, you know, Pastor Chang was playing well until he got hurt. Um, I think they got it right. I, I think that uh, given the low scoring um, and lack of offense, that the one most productive player outside of, you know, obviously Brady has to get him the ball, but I think Julian Allen kind of separated himself from the other the other contestants, really. Okay, okay. And, uh, how about making Sean McVay the MVP for the Patriots? We could do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to make Sean McVay, are you, Dave? <laughs> well, you know, this is getting to be a pattern with him. It's disturbing. You know, I live out here in Los Angeles, and remember the home playoff game last year against the Atlanta yeah. Falcons? The, the Rams had a great year last year, but coming off that the Jeff Fisher disaster, they had a home playoff game, a game they should have won against the Falcons, and he did the same thing last year. He put the brakes on the offense, got conservative, ignored Gurley, and uh, they wound up losing the game they should have won. So this is getting to be a real concerning pattern here. I don't is he the next Andy Reid or the next Marty Schottenheimer? You know, guys that, that don't get it done in the postseason. I'm concerned about him. I'm going to have to take a closer look on this. I'm a, I'm a McVay fan. I'm not so much a golf fan. I'm really I, – I think this is what we expected from golf, if you remember back to the days of hard knocks when golf was a star there. I mean, he was – I didn't – you kind of question if he could be an NFL quarterback then. Short McVay's kind of put some uh, extra booster batteries in him, and he's gotten to the regular season. He got through the regular season successfully, uh, but can he get it done in the bright lights? And this season really didn't. This off, uh, this postseason really didn't prove it very much for me. It didn't seem at that. But I'm still a McVay guy, so I'm gonna give him a fair shake until next season. But I'll be keeping an eye on that play calling again. Um, well, uh, Goff, Goff played pretty well against the Saints. He made lots of good throws and lots of pressure throws in that game. So uh, game, I, I thought he did okay. He, late in the game only. Late in the game only he did. And I, I must give him credit where credit is due. Late in that game he did make some big plays to kind of keep them or bring them back in that game to tie it up and then win the game in overtime. He did make some big-time throws. You're absolutely correct. However, yesterday or on on Sunday, I mean, what was that? I mean, that's kind of a, a regression if you will, is kind of what I saw. Well, I, I just thought he was put in bad position by his coach the whole game with the play calling. And, and by the way, and by the way, the, the New Orleans Saints should have been playing in that game. Let's not forget that, the way they got robbed two weeks ago. And uh, imagine if you're playing for the Saints uh, and looking at that and saying, for God's sake, we would have had more than three points. Uh, we, we, they'd have won that game if they played against the Patriots, I'm certain. And with Drew Brees against Tom Brady, and the, the Saints were just absolutely robbed, and they should have been on that field. Well, you're not wrong about that. I would have definitely picked the Saints against the Pac- uh, Patriots. And, uh, Me too. Patriots over the Rams. So you're you're not wrong about that. Going into the off season, do you see uh, Nick Foles in this story, this quandary the Philadelphia Eagles are in as the biggest story going into the off season? Well, they're going to franchise him and then trade him. Hopefully, they can get. Uh, and they're talking about maybe a third round draft choice from somebody, and you would. I think hopefully they can do a little bit better than that since he played yeah, so well it. the last couple of years. That's it. Um, Flores, Brian Flores needs to be on the phone immediately if we're all there <laughs> the third-round draft pick. Come on. Well, I'd be, I'd be a little curious. I, I wouldn't give up too much. Um, he's really comfortable in Philadelphia, and he played he played great for uh, uh, for, for his coach and for the and especially when John DiFilippo and uh, and and um, Frank Reich were there as the quarterback coach in the 
offensive coordinator. But remember when he went to the Rams, and granted, you know, that was under Jeff Fisher, who doesn't know – I mean, who's horrible on offense and horrible with quarterbacks. But right. Foles didn't do anything w- when he left uh, Philadelphia. I don't know how much money I would throw at him uh, and, and giving him a long-term deal on 100, 100-plus million dollars. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Jacksonville because, you know, John DeFilippo is the new offensive coordinator there, and he was his quarterback's coach with the Eagles. That might be a good spot for him. I think that's the best fit for him right there, as as you mentioned. So, um, yeah, I think that's the best way to go for him. Dave, I want to thank you again for another fantastic season of joining us. I appreciate it, man. Uh, Dave, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, Thursday nights, uh, 5 to 7 Pacific time, Saturday and Sunday nights. 6 to 10 Pacific time, uh, SB Nation Radio, SB Nation Radio. Just two clicks on the app, and there you go. You're all set and ready to listen to the show. Thanks again, Dave. I appreciate your time, big guy. We'll, we'll talk real soon. All right, gentlemen. Thank you. have Mr. Eric Williams joining us, Mr. Hall of Fame voter, right, Eric? That is correct. How, how did the vote go? How did the conversation go in the Hall of Fame uh, booth there, the war room? Um, well, first of all, I'm happy to report that I survived uh, my first year. Okay. Um, you know, I think for the, the, the most part, um, you know, it was educational, and I think it was, it was a good experience. I'm, I'm glad that I got to be a part of it. Um, um, and so, you know, I guess we'll see what, how it unfolds next year. I, I'm certainly going into it. I'll, I'll know, I, can't, I guess, what, what to expect sure. next year. Okay. So, so more just, uh, observing this time around. Yeah. I mean, I had to give the presentation on Coriel, so I did that. And I think the conversation was good. I think what Dan Fouts had to say, uh, obviously spoke more than what I could say because he was there yeah. firsthand experiencing all of it, um, and I thought Fouts' speech about Coriel and kind of what he meant to the game and, and, and everything that he brought to it um, was great. Um, and I'm, I'm hopeful that at some point Coriel will get in there because I believe he's, he's deserving. Now, um, share as much as, as with us as you can, and let me know if I'm going too far, but the rejections on not letting – Don Corriero into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. How did it go? Um, were there – is it auction style or is it, <laughs> is, it silent, is it silent votes? Is there a true conversation? It's, is it no, really so, it? So you – there's a presentation on each candidate, and then they go around the room, and, and each person kind of talks about each candidate after they're they're presented. And so the okay. first cut is from 15 to 10. Um, okay. Don had made it to final 10 before. He didn't this time. But um, before we voted on the vote from 15 to 10, they talked about the possibility that coaches can be voted in um, as contributors at some point, that the board is going to take that up as a discussion point. And so I think because of that, some people just thought, well, you know, at some point, maybe they can get in as contributors or as a separate list as coaches and, and just left them off the list. So I thought it was kind of unfortunate that that was brought up before we voted. 
Okay. Okay. Hey, Cleveland, you got a question for Eric? Uh, yeah, Eric, um, with regards to the Tom Flores and uh, Tony Baselli selections, how close were they to getting into the hall? Yeah, Flores didn't make the the, the, the uh, list of 10, so he wasn't close. Uh, Baselli, again, there's a there's a glut of offensive linemen that are trying to get in with uh, Baselli, uh, Steve Hutchinson, um, Kevin Mawe, who, who was voted in, and – uh, Alan Fanica. And so those guys were hotly discussed. Um, and as all of these votes go, it, you know, it, it gets a little bit contentious and, and political in trying to get their guy in. Um, so Mawai was, Kevin Mawai was the first guy to get in. Um, I think Baselli, the thing that's hurting them is, is years of service, kind of like we talked about with Terrell Davis last week. We know that, that Tony was a good player. Um, but, you know, his career was cut short. I think, believe it was a shoulder injury that he had. Um, and so, you know, some people, uh, for them, longevity is important. And um, and so it's going to take a little while again for him to kind of overcome that. Wow, interesting, interesting. Thanks for that feedback. Folks, we got Eric Williams, ESPN's Los Angeles Chargers beat writer. Eric, again, I want to thank you for joining us. Now, you were down in Atlanta. You experienced it. You experienced the vibe. What was the tone in the Super Bowl with it going three to three going into the fourth quarter? What was the mood like in in the in the building in the press room? Well, I think if you've ever been to a Super Bowl, um, you know there's a lot of corporate people that are there okay. to 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 watch the game. So it's not like um, I can't even say it's like a bowl game because when you go to a bowl game. You know, half the fans are supporting one team and half the fans are supporting another team. When right. you go to a Super Bowl, a lot of people are just there to enjoy the game and not necessarily rooting for either teams that are playing. Um, so I think when you talk about, you know, vibe and, and all that, um, you know, it was a little bit kind of blah just in terms of the game itself. It was a close game, but it didn't really feel like a close game because the Rams just really couldn't do anything offensively. I think you felt – at some point, you know, the Patriots were going to put the game away, which which is what they did finally in the fourth quarter. Um, so, you know, I think in terms of Super Bowl, it was competitive, but um, it wasn't like, you know, a number of Super Bowls that we've had in the last 10 years where uh, it was hotly contested and there was a lot of scoring. Yeah, the Arizona Steelers Super Bowl. Sure. Patriots from a few years ago. I got you. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and that makes sense. So, so watching it, did you feel – McVay was outcoached, or did you feel golf was unprepared? How did you feel about that and the Rams' performance offensively? Because defensively, I think they played tremendously. Um, I think I thought both teams played yeah. tremendously. So, I, I thought Wade Phillips did a great job preparing yeah. his defense and getting yeah. them ready to face Brady. And they played about as good as you could play against that Patriot offense. You know I, I think Goff played about as well as you could expect a guy to, that was playing in his first Super Bowl and is in his, what, third year in the league. I mean, he wasn't going to come out there and light it up like Drew Brees. I mean, we knew that, right? right. Like, that yeah. wasn't going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, McVay, again, coaching in his first Super Bowl, that's a lot to ask. And when you're facing a guy that's been there as many times as he has, 
Um, you know, Belichick has the, all the answers. McVay's still trying to figure out what the answers are. And so that's really where it hurts you is those in-game adjustments, being able to make those adjustments in real time, understanding what the Patriots are doing to you on both sides of football, and then adapting on the fly and getting to the right plays that are going to be effective. I mean, it's just – it's a hard task. I felt, I felt that a lot of the Rams players were – were overwhelmed by the situation. Did you which, really? And that and that's kind of what I thought was going to happen going into it. It's the, the intensity level that you face in a Super Bowl. If you've never been in that situation before, I just feel like it's it's tough. It's tough to prepare for. Wow, that's the first that's the first I heard of that, and I would suspect it'd be a little different with. Um... I figure they're they're a young team. I just figure they're a little bit more mature for their age, if you will. Um, Cooks has been in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, well, Talib has been in the Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, so I imagine that they and those are two leaders on their team. That the yeah. Team kind of follow. I would imagine they kind of lean on them a little bit. So I did. That's I was surprised to hear to hear what you just said that they were a little bit overwhelmed for the moment. Well, I mean, just look at some of the plays that were out there to be made, and yeah. particularly for the quarterback, and you know, it didn't happen. That I would, I would certainly say the quarterback was a little pressed for the moment. I would definitely agree sure. with that that particular statement. And there was plays to be made on both teams, and that's what I say. It was a great defensive play. Uh, of Way Phillips and Bill Belichick or Brian Flores called a heck of a game because there was well, plays to be made on both teams, but. The defense played well enough to And we talked about it last week. Gurley didn't get any touches. I mean. I was just going to bring that up. 10 for 35. I mean, that's that's your offense, right? What do you think? What's the, what was the word in the building? Was Is Gurley hurt? It, it, if Gurley's not hurt, it's a bad bad job on McVay. But if Gurley. He didn't look he didn't look hurt to me. I, I will say that. Okay. Like he, he looked like he was okay. Look, okay. to me, that's on. That's play calling. That's 100% play calling right there. Your thoughts, Cleveland? Well, like me and Eric were alluding to earlier, I was hoping to see the Rams take advantage of the early turnover that they had yep. and kind of change momentum. Um, I was also looking for a little bit more of a spark from the special teams. Um, and in addition, just doing something that Belichick just hasn't seen before, um, getting out of the box a little bit to kind of – give you a little bit of that push, a little bit of that elevation so that you're not always playing from a, you know, kind of a scared, you know, perspective that you're actually kind of in the lead. You kind of have some things going, but without any of those things happening, they were always just trying to, you know, play the field position game in which that just kind of falls in the Belichick's hands. So I wish a few other things could have happened to kind of give them that, that spark, but unfortunately it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah, um, I'm eager to see how the Rams respond from this. I put a lot of the blame, the play calling, we just kind of narrowed it down right there. Some of this blame does go on McVay. Uh, I, I, I'm with you, Eric. Gurley looked healthy to me for for most part. He was healthy three weeks ago against the Cowboys, had a bad game against the Saints, and he looked healthy. He made a couple bursts that he looked good on on Sunday. So, I'm interested to know why he didn't talk to the media. I would have liked to hear him speak to the media 
instead of bursting out and heading home or heading to Maui or wherever we went. Um, though we, we didn't get a chance to hear from him and, and know what's wrong. How do you think the Rams respond to this re- re- rebound from this loss, Eric? Um, I think McVay is a good coach. I think they're a good team. They're a talented team. Um, but now I think the league will kind of play catch up to them. They've, they've seen it already. And not only have they seen how they can be successful, they've seen how they can be slowed down. And mm-hmm. so what is McVay going to have that's going to be new next year to kind of keep elevating the offense and, and, and how they can perform? You do get Cooper cut back. I think that helps. Um, but I think they have to continue to add more pieces uh, on offense so they can be more multiple. I think that's important. And then, um, you know, can you keep the, the gang together? Can you – I think Sue's a free agent. You yeah, know, he's going to want to come back. Um, I'm not sure what the contract status is for Tlaib. Um I think Peters is still on his rookie deal, so they got to sign him eventually. Does he want to sign there? It's kind of like, you know, they they pushed all in in terms of bringing in all that talent and spending the money. How long can you keep that group together and continue to make a push? Because, you know, New Orleans is going to come out gangbusters next year after what happened in that game. Seattle, I think, is going to be better. Chicago and, and what they can do defensively. They're still out there. I think Philadelphia still has its core group and, and is going to be solid. So there's going to be a lot of teams in the NFC that are going to be gunning for the Rams, and now they have a bullseye on their back. People know how good they are. Um, they're going to have to play a first-place schedule as a division winner. So I definitely think it's going to be harder for them to get back to that, that game. Well, we'll see how things go. go. Um, we know Cronky has a few dollars, so – Signing He's got some loose change in the pockets. Yeah, yeah, signing people shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> uh, well, they do have this thing called salary cap, so. Yeah, but uh, and they've been good enough to finagle that. They, there's always a place around that if you got two pennies, right? So I, I'd be remiss to let, uh, let you go if I didn't ask you about the Chargers and how they've been, what their mindset is this offseason. and. And how it is, or how the mindset is going into the off season, and then what do you see from the Chargers? How things are going to progress into into the draft, and then on into yeah. the yeah. Well, I mean, I wrote about it this week. I think last year in their off season, it was really about putting pieces together so they could beat the Chiefs. Because in order to to reach the postseason, the, the easiest way to do that is, is to win your division. And so, you know, I think they had lost to the Chiefs eight straight times going into last year, and they need to figure out how to how to beat that team. And they were able to do that on the road, beat the Chiefs. They didn't win the division, but they get to the playoffs. This year, with the way they played against the Patriots and the Patriots win the Super Bowl, if they want to get to the Super Bowl, they're probably going to have to beat the Patriots at some point. So I think their offseason is going to be about putting pieces together and really feeling their deficiencies so – when they meet the Patriots, again, they can figure out a way to beat that team. And so they have to figure out defensively a way to get stronger on the second level. They they need uh, they need a Bobby Wagner. They need a K.J. Wright. Um, so they can stay in their, their base personnel but still be, um, you know, solid against the pass and be able to cover Gronk and be able to cover, you know, running backs coming out. Be able to figure out how to defend Edelman which, you know, nobody 
figured out in terms of postseason. Uh, so to me, I think their off season is about you know filling pieces they need to fill so that they can compete and uh, and be a Super Bowl contender next year. And it starts defensively, linebacker, maybe getting a free safety, and then offensively being more physical so they can run the football a little more effectively, control clock, and and ultimately score. How 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 was Pouncey? How was Pouncey for the season? Did he stay healthy all season? And yeah. and do you expect him to be around the next couple of years? Well, he signed a two year deal in, in free agency last year, so um, he signed for the 2019 season. He made the Pro Bowl, didn't miss a practice, played all 16 games, and played every game in the postseason. So he he exceeded expectations. Uh, in terms of going into uh, this team as a free agency and, and what happened with the Dolphins releasing him. He basically became the anchor that offensive of line and, and one of the leaders that offensive of line. So they were, they were happy to get Pouncey. They have a left tackle in Okun. Uh, they just need to continue to get better at those guard spots and, and maybe look at possibly bringing in a, a right tackle. Tevi was okay, but his play was a little bit uneven, and I think they, they want to continue to add competition there. Okay, and you thought last year they needed a linebacker instead of getting the safety. No, I I think they they made the right move in picking who they picked. Um, And, and, I mean, Derwin went out and balled. Um, You can't fill out all the pieces every year. What hurt them is their linebackers got injured. You know, Kaiser White, they drafted the fourth round. He he balled. He only played three games, though, because of of knee issue. Denzel Perryman was good, but then he had a torn quad, and, and Denzel has trouble staying on the field. And then Jatavis got hurt late. So having those three guys, basically yeah. your starting linebacker group not available, right. really kind of hampered what they could do defensively. Where is Perryman? Where is he at? Is He's he, a free agent. He's a free agent. Oh, that's a mm-hmm. tough. That's a tough way to go there. Because yeah. um, three of the last four seasons he hasn't been healthy. I think that's correct. Yeah. Um, Eric, I want to thank you. Tell us, let the people know where where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me at ESPN NFL Nation blog, Chargers blog. You can read my stuff there, or you can hit me up on Twitter at Eric underscore D underscore underscore Williams. Eric, I want to thank you as always, man, for sharing your time with us. We really appreciate it, folks. Check him out, follow him on Twitter, Instagram. Eric, I thank you for your time, big guy, and we'll talk soon. Sounds good, bro. Take care, man. Man, what a wonderful show we've had. We've got excellent feedback from SB Nation, Dave the Sports God Smith. We turn around and we got Eric Williams of ESPN, Los Angeles Chargers beat writer. I mean, you can't you can't argue with any of their feedback, can you? Well, you're going to find some way to argue with them unless you were right, right? Oh no! I thought there were some very astute observations from uh, from uh, both of our uh, guest hosts uh, with regards to how things transpire. Yeah. So we, it, this is the off season, man. This time we we hate to say um, football season. We don't. We have another four months to wait. September until they start training camps again, warming up, and then we still have to wait for. Preseason until September till we get some real football. Fans, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. 
the next show, we may take a week off, get back to you guys after we do some reformatting. But I want to thank you guys for tuning in all season. Cleavon, I want to pre- thank you for your time, your support. Appreciate all your time and support. Thank you for everything, sir. My pleasure. And we're going to wrap up the show just like that. Thank you, guys. Tune in to Voice of the Fans. Thank you for making our voice your choice. Please rate and review our show. Subscribe to it as well. There will be more Voice of the Fans shows during the off season and the NFL season. Keep you up to date on some of the topical current events going on in sports. Maybe we'll talk about this LeBron James and the Lakers trade that they're, or the Lakers trade that they're trying to make to appease LeBron James. Do you think that's going to help real quick before I let you go? Do you think that's going to help them get to the finals? Or do you think that's going to help them next season? Uh, it's for next season. They're not ready to make the finals this year. No. Okay, see, that's something we'll pick up on later. All right, my man. Thanks for your time, big guy. We'll talk to you soon. Talk soon, my friend. talk about the LA News Observer um, paper gave me great opportunity to um, share my insight and uh, with the fans and the people here in Southern California take a look at the LA News Observer website OG NSC they've uh, done a, a revamping of the website so it looks pretty sleek and, and easy to follow along easy to read and you'll get some good articles and topical content on the website LA LA News Observer OGNSC.com. It's your girl Sierra from the Grand Hustle Season 1, and that's what's good in sports.